Welcome back to the Patriot Leadership Podcast. This is episode four. We have a couple of interesting interviews coming up in the next couple of shows. We're going to talk with Mac Story from the Blue Collar Leadership from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Mac and his wife have written numerous books on leadership. They've got a podcast. They have a, a business where they're going around and, and uh, teaching other people about leadership and trying to help them improve their businesses. You can check out their, their, lead, their uh, website. We're also going to be speaking with Ohio House Representative Mr. Adam Holmes from the 97th District here in Ohio, which covers uh, Muskingum County, Guernsey County, and, and some of that area in uh, southeastern Ohio. Adam's a retired Marine pilot and also a, a business uh, leader in the area over there. So we'll have those, those shows coming up here in the next few weeks. If you would, it would mean a lot to us if you'd uh, take a moment to hit the subscribe button and maybe share the show with somebody that you think might be interested, friends, family, anybody like that you might might think it would get some value out of the show. That would really mean a lot to us, I'm trying to get the word out there and uh, get people to, to check it out. One more uh, note before we get started on today's show, we've got a new website that's called PatriotLeadershipAdvisors.com. You can check that out, see our different services, how we can work together, maybe help you and your team excel and, and uh, get better and get through some of the challenges maybe you're facing. So check that out, PatriotLeadershipAdvisors.com. And today, what we're going to talk about is a book that I was introduced to about 10 years ago that's uh, called Derailed by Tim Irwin. Um, in the book, Tim profiles six former CEOs of large companies who were extremely bright people, very talented people but had some basic character flaws that led to them either being fired by their board of directors or forced to resign um, due to some other factors. Uh, we're going to cover a few of these cases and discuss some of the issues that they all had and, and uh, some of the things that, that ultimately cost uh, each one of them the jobs that they were holding at that time. And again, this, this isn't to um, pick on anyone or, or uh, you know, look down on anyone from up on the mountain here. We're, we're all flawed in different ways. And uh, this is just a, a book where it you know, really highlights uh, some of these people. Again, they're super bright, super talented, but because of some of these very fundamental leadership flaws, um, ultimately failed at, the, at a point, uh, which I think you know, we all have. And so it's good to learn from some of these case studies, see some of these common traits that, that lead to this, and then you know, we can all learn from that and, and grow and move on together. So Let's talk about the, the six people real quick that are profiled in the book. So we've got Bob Nardelli, who's the former CEO of Home Depot, uh, Carly Fiorina, who was the former CEO of Hewlett Packard, Dirk Jager, former CEO of Procter & Gamble, Steve Heyer, former CEO of Starwood Hotels and uh, Resorts Worldwide, Frank Raines, former CEO of Fannie Mae, and Richard Fold, uh, former CEO of Lehman Brothers. These are obviously all huge uh, publicly owned companies. You've, you've, I'm sure you've heard of, of most of them, if not all of them. And in this book, you know, Tim expresses in, uh, you know, a lot of these people had a variety of behaviors, but they're all tied to a lack of failure or one of, uh, in one of these critical qualities. And he kind of outlines them as four different things. Uh, one is authenticity you know, really meaning what you say and, and caring for other people. Uh, number two is self-management, self-awareness, uh, understanding how your behavior impacts others. Humility, genuinely being humble and gracious towards others, you know, not feeling superior to others because of your position or title or money. And lastly, courage, doing the right thing, even when it's not popular. It's not going to be a, a decision that people necessarily like, but it's uh, having the, the courage to do the right thing. 
and uh, we'll talk about these a little bit uh, a little bit more but going back up real quick to we're going to talk about Carly Fiorina for a moment you know one of the things in the book they talk about you know she was described as someone who felt that she had to do everything herself she was the CEO of the company and I'm sure that that comes with a lot of a lot of pressure obviously but you've got this uh, you know team of thousands of people around you and uh, you know one of the criticisms of her was that she didn't value employee input and ideas and that's kind of a classic response it's the i'm smarter than everyone because i'm the ceo i'm in charge so i i i have to be which isn't true you know you're put in that position for a reason and it's not just because you have to know more than everyone and i think that's a, a response you get in a lot of people it's pretty common i don't know i always felt like people do this because they're either afraid to admit they're being wrong or or in or not knowing everything and uh, fear that people won't won't want to follow them if they don't know everything, and that's it's just not true. It's it's really the opposite. Um, I think if you're if you're just yourself and be human, and and it's okay to not know everything, and people will actually trust you more when they know that you're you're able to say, man, I don't I don't know something, and there's somebody on my team that's uh, stronger than me in this particular area. That's what you have them for, and that that's what makes a great team is that everyone brings some different strengths to the table, and that that collaboration is what makes a strong unit. And somebody like her that was the CEO needed the leadership and, and the, the ability to bring people together to build a great team and allow those experts in, in, in different areas of the company to really thrive and trust them. And again, that was that was one of her you know weaknesses apparently, and. Uh, ultimately led to the to the company failing. A couple of the other things with her that they talked about was uh, compassion and integrity. And uh, she was described as being integrity neutral, which meant that uh, she wasn't necessarily opposed to looking the other way when she knew that maybe people in her company or her team were doing things that weren't necessarily right or ethical. And um, you know, if you're the person at the top, that's certainly not a good precedent to set. You've got to be the one that's it's kind of the, the moral compass for the organization to say, this is how we're going to do business. And uh, if people think that uh, you're okay with, you know, doing things the wrong way, you're going to have that sort of behavior start to uh, run rampant through your organization. And, and, and ultimately, people aren't going to trust you. I mean, if not everybody is okay with that. You may feel like there's a couple people around you that are okay with you maybe uh, looking the other way or, or doing some things that everyone knows is wrong. But there's going to be a lot of people that are not okay with that, and they're certainly not going to want to trust you or follow you as their leader. That's another area of criticism that, that, uh, that she had. And ultimately, you know, lost her job. I'm sure she did a lot of great things for the company, but at the end of the day, the, the board lost faith and confidence in her and, and she was forced to resign. But, um, you know, through this book, there's a couple of uh, uh, those, those four characteristics we talked about with authenticity, self-management, self-awareness, humility, and courage. You know, those are things that as a leader, people are expecting from you. They're not, you know, nice to have or whatever. They're, they're really kind of the fundamentals that people expect you to have. And if you, if you can't, uh, do those things. It's probably only a matter of time before this happens. And again, it, it doesn't. This doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. You know, part of being humble, or even having courage, is sometimes just admitting that you did something wrong. And a lot of times, people can can accept that as you know, depending on what it is. But 
but people can certainly appreciate that if you're willing to take responsibility for your actions and, and admit to the mistakes. People are generally forgiving and okay with it. What they don't like is when people lie or just just refuse to even acknowledge that they do anything wrong. That's what starts to, to deteriorate that trust and confidence that people have in their leadership. And it's it's unfortunately, it's pretty common. Irwin's goal in profiling these leaders is really to show how the derailment process occurs. Uh, and that's not all he does in this book. You know, if, if it was all he did, that would be very helpful. But uh, he goes a lot further than that. And the second half of the book is really uh, designed to show how leaders can avoid these these problems in their own lives. And so it's it's, you know, let's let's see some of these case studies and see some of these lessons that have affected these very prominent leaders. And then let's figure out how we can apply these, you know, in our own life. And, uh, and I think that's a, a great thing. That's really the, the point of, of wanting to do this podcast. And it's it's helping us all as, as leaders, either with our families or in work, you know, how to how to improve and recognize those things that uh, that maybe are, are, are impacting people in a negative light. In his book, he talks about, you know, this derailment doesn't usually happen overnight. It's a it's a process. And people come in and there's high expectations and, and high fives and everybody's happy. And then over time, the leaders kind of progress through what Tim calls these five stages as they head towards their own demise. And I'll, I'll go through these, these stages quickly here. Uh, stage one, he talks about it's a failure of self and, and self-awareness. And so, you know, not, uh, you're, you're not even living up to your own standards. You know, you, we all kind of have our own uh, compass inside and we, we know what's right or wrong and, and the things that we believe in or the things we don't believe in. And it, it kind of starts with chipping away at those little things that, you know, even something as simple as saying, you know, I want to exercise, you know, four days a week. And as soon as you start getting away from that, you're kind of failing yourself because you're, you're not living up to your own uh, code that you've kind of set for yourself. And it's not the end of the world, but as you continue to go through time, you start to slip further and further away from who it is that you you've said that you want to be. And then it starts to happen to others. Stage two is hubris and pride. Uh, he calls pride before the fall. And, uh, and I think this is one of the biggest things. People have uh, too much pride. They don't want to look bad. They don't want to be embarrassed or uh, they feel like, again, like they've got to, because of their position, they're supposed to be better than everyone. And it's just not true. People really don't expect that. What they would really like to see is some more of that humility and, and honesty and just say, I'm just a regular person. I'm, I'm no better or worse than anyone else. I'm just a guy or a girl and I'm flawed too. And I'm okay with that, but I'm, I'm trying to be better. I'm working on it. Um, I have intentions to, to, to get better and I don't know everything. Number three, stage three was uh, missed early warning signals. So, you know, there was people and around, you know, these leaders that they see the, the warning signs, there's little indicators here and there, and you've seen it. You've, you've been in a job, I'm sure, where you get a new supervisor and initially things are great. And then little things start to happen. Uh, and you're like, whoa, hold on a minute. And then it, sometimes it gets to a point where it's just completely out of control. And I'll talk about one of those situations in a minute. Uh, stage four is rationalizing. And I think that's a, a very common also where, you know, they, people start to you know, try to convince you that their poor behavior is necessary because of any number of factors. So they're just trying to rationalize with everyone that, no, this, this, my behavior is this way for a reason. And I'll talk about that. 
And then stage five is, is the derailment. That's when it's just, okay, you're off the tracks and, and there's, there's probably no going back if, if some of these things don't change. So let's go back real quick to stage two. And I'm going to talk about this hubris and pride before the fall and before we, we move on. So I, I worked for a, a company one time and, uh, you know, this, this explains or describes the owner there completely where, you know, extremely arrogant guy. Um, there was no uh, humility. And he used to always tell everyone how humble he was. In, in almost every company meeting or, or in other meetings, he would he would always describe himself, I'm, I'm very humble, or say, I'm, I'm the most humble guy in this company. And, and even just saying that is kind of the opposite. And we would always kind of joke that you're, you're, you're not humble at all. And, and actually, you're, you couldn't be more opposite. And everyone knew it. He was the only one that didn't know it. But the thing is, he would surround himself with people that he could take advantage of, that you know, really almost worshipped him, and would allow him to get away with his bad behavior. And therefore, there was no accountability for the bad behavior. And any time he had people on his staff that would speak up and point out these, these poor behaviors that, that just were not okay in business, he would separate himself from those people. They would either be let go or be a company he wouldn't do business with or whatever because he didn't like the accountability. Um, it's sort of the I'm in charge and I'm only going to surround myself with people that uh, do what I say and, and, and think I, I have all the right answers. And he even he used to have a saying that would he would say, I'm, I'm tired of paying people to piss me off. And what he meant by that was, I don't like being told what I don't like, what I don't want to hear. And even though a guy that was in a position, he would say, I, I hire smart people to, you know, to, to surround myself with smart people to help my company. It's not really true. He, he didn't like that. He, he really liked to have be the guy with the great ideas and, and didn't value other people's ideas. And this is, and if you skip to stage four, the rationalizing was always the part where he would, he would look for things wrong. He would dig for the littlest things that were wrong, regardless of how successful the company was. He would always try to find little things that were wrong to rationalize his poor behavior, to come back and say, see, this is why I have to be here and micromanage and and I can't allow people to other people besides me to make any decisions because see how many things are going wrong here. And it was really sort of a, you know, missing the forest for the trees sort of a thing. And and at the end of the day, what you end up with is a bunch of people that are surrounding you that are only there um, for a paycheck and they really don't care that much. And they'll tell you what you want to hear because that's what you like. And that's not a way to lead a company. And unfortunately, in a, in a private company, that's rampant. That's you've, A lot of you, I'm sure, have seen this uh, or, or had to be part of this where there, there is no checks and balances in that sort of a situation because the really only checks and balances are employees can leave if they're unhappy or, you know, other companies can choose to not do business with you. But in a private company, that person can thrive and can and act however they want. And uh, there's, there's really not any accountability of that in, inside the organization other than the morale and the culture and things being really bad. And a lot of these people, that's what they'll do. They'll, they, they'll convince themselves that the culture is great and the morale is great and they know it isn't. And it, and it generally isn't. And uh, a lot of times it's, they have new people, they, new people come in, they can, they tell them the stories and tell them how great it is here. But at the end of the day, it's really not great at all. But there's a turnover 
And so that narrative just keeps getting repeated over and over and over. And the people that have been there for a while either are just okay with it and they'll tolerate it. Or, or they, the, the people that, that aren't willing to follow poor leaders uh, will move on. And, uh, you know, it's funny. The gentleman that you're going to hear, I think, uh, in, a, in the next couple of weeks in an episode that I mentioned earlier, uh, Mac Story from the Blue Collar Leadership, I was listening to one of his podcasts. And uh, it was funny. And it's simple, but I, I hadn't really thought of it in these terms. But he said, you know, if, you're, if your boss is a bad leader and you know it, then, then that makes you a bad follower and you're just as guilty. I mean, if you if you know that this person is a poor leader and you're an adult, stop following. I mean, you've got options. You're, you know, we all have options, but, but don't be subjected to that when you know that you're better than that. Move on, find, find a good place uh, to thrive. Uh, there's, there's good places out there. There's good people and there are good leaders out there. Go find them, you know, go or, or be one, but you know, don't, if you were, again, I, a lot of times we'll go back to military stuff, but, you know, if this was combat and you have a poor leader, that's that's not somebody you want to follow into a situation that, that that's that dire or that grave. But um, but it's the same thing. It's, it's in your life. Don't follow somebody that, that you know is a bad leader. It's a toxic environment. But these are the things that happen. You know, in, in this book, you know, Tim does a good job of, you know, highlighting these things. And it really takes you, takes you to yourself and go, man, you know, what... What are these 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 common traits that these leaders have? You know, which ones maybe do I exhibit or have I exhibited, and and, and how can I be better? And and uh, this is something that I've I've tried to do. You know, from time to time, kind of go back to this and go, man, what what do I need to do better? Because this is an ongoing thing. We're human, and and we're and you know, humans can be selfish, and uh, it's just human nature. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a person. But what separates people of uh, that are that are good leaders from the ones that are not good leaders are the ones that'll take the time to do some uh, reflection on themselves and, and and say how can I be better and I think that's the that's the key none of us are perfect we're all wanting to do the best we can but you've got to take the time uh, but regardless this is a great book I just wanted to share that with everybody and a couple little tidbits from it uh, it's a great book for anyone that just wants to improve as a leader you know with coaches managers parents anyone like that. And again, I think one of the big takeaways from this whole thing today is is the self-awareness piece. Just trying to understand, you know, how you're how you're perceived by others. It's okay to ask them too. Find people you trust that that really know you and care about you and that you know can be honest and say, you know, do do people think I care about them? Do they do people trust me? Do they do they think I'm I'm leading them the right way or do I what are the things I'm doing that aren't great or where do I need to get better? And if you do that from time to time, I think you'll find that uh, you'll continue continue to improve as a leader. And we know that in in business, there's there's a shortage of good ones and, and we can all you know help affect that. So check out the book. Again, the book is called Derailed by Tim Irwin. I read this uh, 10, 12 years ago and it was recommended to me. Actually, I was at the uh, advanced leadership school at the in the Marine Corps years ago, and um, we had a, a course. It was called Ethical Leadership that was being taught to us by a, a Navy chaplain, and he recommended the book. And I thought it, I, I went out and grabbed it right away, and, and I thought it was great. So, and I, I've shared it with a lot of people because it's one of the best case studies in leadership that I that I've seen. Well, thanks for joining us for the show. Uh, again, in the in the coming weeks, we've got Max Story, Blue Collar Leadership. Uh, check out his podcast. Check out their website. He's got some good books out there. Talks a lot about 
just good basic leadership and and honestly it's it, a lot of it is in yourself it's the you know checking yourself first and making sure that you're uh, on point and uh, your your moral compass and, and things are in the right place and then um, with uh, Ohio representative uh, uh, Adam Holmes uh, he'll join us in a couple of weeks also so I'm excited for those shows excited for you to get that information and get to get a chance to hear from these gentlemen but again thanks for listening please hit that like and, and subscribe share the the show with your friends it means a lot to us We'll see you again here next week. Thank you.